you know, I just changed everything about how I ate. Um, here I am today, and my cancer numbers are almost back down to um, the zero to four uh, level that's sustainable. Um, and I know I have no doubt that I'm going to go to zero. I needed to do it. I needed to do it for my family. I needed to do it for me. And uh, it's the greatest decision I ever made. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. This is Pat McCauley, as always. My guest this week is the inspirational Greg Crum, or as he's known to me, Coach Crum. Uh, Coach Crum was one of my college football coaches uh, about a decade ago, um, and we have reconnected over the past year or so um, believe it or not, around diet and lifestyle. And I say believe it or not because uh, Coach Crum, you know, back when he was coaching me, uh, was the last dude that I thought we'd, you know, be, be exchanging thoughts on like a plant-based diet and, and lifestyle things. You know, he was the classic, old-school, hard-nosed football coach, you know, always had a dip in, was always eating like shitty food with the team, and yelling, and a bigger dude, you know, just that classic man's man uh, kind of football guy. Um, so we talk all about how Greg, um, over the past few years, um, unsuspectingly, was uh, diagnosed with cancer. Uh, we talk about how the surgery he had uh, didn't work, like most surgeries uh, for cancer. Uh, the cancer came back, and then he decided to drastically change what he was eating and how he was living. And that's kind of when we started to reconnect, when he started to dive into that world. Um, and he has essentially brought his cancer down to a very manageable level. And he very much plans on completely annihilating it um, with his diet and all he's doing. And he's not only, um, you know, halted cancer, but he's lost 120 pounds and we talk about the many other uh, benefits he's experienced from the change. Uh, we talk about how a football mentality has helped him stick with the changes he's made. Uh, we talk about the stigmas um, around men in food um, and why most people really have no idea how good they can actually feel. Uh, this is a beautiful one, um, a special one for me to reconnect with um, a coach I, I loved and respected and yeah, just a beautiful story and an inspirational one uh, from C Coach Crom here. So without further ado, Greg Crom. All right, I have Greg Crum on the line, or as he's known to me, Coach Crum or Crummer. Um, and, um, yeah, we, for, for people listening, <laughs> we, uh, go back, uh, many years. So, uh, coach crumb was my college coach for two years, right? Was it two years you were there? Um, I believe it was a year and a half. I recruited you. Um, it might've been two years, Pat. The mind doesn't work as well as it used to, but yeah. 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 And, and um, memories were, were in the recruiting process with you. Yeah. We can, we can talk about that private. 
<laughs> no, I, no, I, I love. No, I don't want to talk about it in, in private. I want to talk because I think <laughs> because I think um, it it that that process that first meeting where we met uh, where you guys came down to my my family's house and we're all eating buffalo chicken dip. My mom's famous recipe. I think I that's I was eating buffalo chicken <laughs> dip. I don't think you guys got any of it. <laughs> but I think it speaks to. Uh, where, where we both were um, from a uh, food perspective and, and kind of lifestyle perspective. You know, I had the uh, fortunate, I was fortunate to be 18 years old at the time. So it didn't really matter what I was eating. But, um, you know, we were certainly uh, both not thinking the way we do today. So it's funny um, that we have reconnected over the past, you know, year or so um, around diet and around like changing your lifestyle because we were both not that at all, you know? No, polar opposite. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, you know, never forgot about you, obviously. I've never forgotten about anybody that I've coached who I, you know, was, was passionate about. And, and uh, but I was, I was actually searching out videos on, uh, you know, being vegan. And there, there's TED Talks, Pat McCauley. And <laughs> I said, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I watched that and I think that was the first time I messaged you and uh, you know you got back to me and then fast forward you know probably about a year and a half later we finally uh, had a chance to talk and here we are so yeah I love it man yeah you uh, think things things happen for a reason it's certainly uh, something I've come to believe so I would love to um, because you know I have known you as and as really like the, the football coach, Greg Crumb, you know, like, um, you know, eating pizzas uh, on the bus with the team and you always had a dip in and, you know, you were just kind of like, you were always, you were the man's man, the, the kind of typical uh, old school football coach, hard nosed guy. Um, and I'd love, I'd love to talk about kind of like, at what point, obviously it wasn't when you were coaching me, like at what point did you start thinking about kind of the decisions you were making around your health? Well, I first, I first tried being vegan because I was, I was coaching at, at, uh, at, at a small D3 school in, in uh, North Carolina. And, and, you know, I was just uh, not feeling good. I, I, prior to getting the job, I was uh, training for a master's level bodybuilding competition and I was probably only 30 pounds away from you know the cut weight uh that I needed and was feeling great and within a year of being in that head roll and just everything that comes along with it I guess the uh you know the comfort eating that we uh we deny as guys um you know stress and and all of a sudden I was about 340 pounds and you know was huffing and puffing going up hills, you know, having trouble tying the, the shoes. And I, I said, you know, this is, this can't be real. And, uh, you know, funny story, my staff got together and bought me a, uh, a birthday present. Uh, birthdays in April. And they got me a smoker. And the night before they gave me the gift, I watched Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. Mm. And then, you know, when, that, when I was done with that, of course, there's three or four more videos that pop up. And I started, I watched Food Matters. And so I made that decision. I stayed up all night. I didn't eat any bad food the next day. And I said to the guys, I said, hey, any way you guys can return this and get me a juicer? 
Mm. And that kind of started a, a vegan journey for me. But I'll be honest with you, I didn't really understand what vegan really was. I thought if I wasn't eating meat and dairy, I was good. So I lost a couple pounds, no doubt. Um, you know, I went under 300, but I was eating pretzels and, and chips and, you know, things of that nature. It just didn't work out. And um, so how long ago was this? I was probably right after my first season uh, coaching in North Carolina. And, um, and I went through that process for about a year and uh, just fell off of it for whatever reason. I can't pinpoint one, any single thing that made it happen. Um, and then, you know, obviously I had, uh, I had some issues with the health. I got a bad uh, blood test. Um, doctor called me on Sunday. And I said, man, this can't be good. You know, no doctor's going to call on Sunday. And um, I was actually looking into maybe taking some of those male hormones when you get over 50 or, you know, whatever the age was. I was you have to do a blood test. And I wasn't a guy that went to a doctor. Fat. Mm. I mean, now, there's your typical, you know, dumbass coach. Um, just didn't care. I went for a physical. The lady said I was good. That's all I heard. She told me to go downstairs to the lab, get a blood test. I went right to my car. Mm. Um, so when I had this blood test, I didn't know anything about what they were checking for. And he told me that I had a PSA of 26. And I said, well, okay, what's, what's PSA? And then he told me it was the uh, prostate specific antigen or uh, whatever. And he said, well, there's two things that you may have. You may have an infection or you may have cancer. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, so fast forward, you know, went through the whole process to see the doctors. Turns out it was cancer. That was kind of the first time I, I thought about getting back on the vegan trail again. And I didn't really do a bang up job of that uh, to begin with. There was a lot of uh, when I had the surgery, you know, that was a tough time. And, and just trying to figure out, you know, what am I going to be around or, you know, what, what's the deal? And I'll never forget. I went right out of practice as soon as they took the catheter out. I was on the field. Um, and I don't know if you know anything about, you know, what happens when, the, when a guy gets that surgery, but I'm blowing my whistle yelling like I always do. And they told me not, no physical exertion, you know, but <laughs> I'm King Kong, right? So that's how we think. And, you know, I, every time I blew my whistle, I'm pissing my pants. Every time I'm yelling, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. And I told my guys that I had a, uh, a hernia surgery because, you know, obviously they could see I couldn't walk around and all the coaches, hey, don't hit coach, you know. Yeah. <laughs> So it was a nightmare, man. And, um, you know, like, uh, like most cancers, um, you know, surgery didn't work. A year later, I was on the field the next season. I got a phone call um, and I saw the doctor's office. So I decided to take it. And that's when they told me that uh, my cancer had come back because I'd gone in for a checkup, uh, you know, one year later and the numbers were, were back. And it shouldn't be. You shouldn't have any numbers because if you don't have a prostate, you know, obviously you shouldn't have um, any of the numbers. And I was already 1.2 and, and that had doubled from 0.6 the day before. So the doubling aspect is what gets you. And, uh, that was a tough time, man. I'm not going to lie. That was a, uh, a, a lot of soul searching and, and trying to figure things out. And to be honest with you, it took me, I was let go, uh, you know, two years later after my fourth season and, um, you know, nobody really knew about my cancer. I only told a couple of people because I had to, you know, just didn't want the team to know about that. And I didn't think they needed to have that pressure. You know, I'm telling kids, parents, don't bring your, your troubles at home to your kids. They got enough to worry about. So I kind of wanted to model that same behavior. And I thought it was the best decision 
um, that I could make at the time. You know, so now you don't have the support that a lot of people have, but I just kept trudging along. And, you know, about a six months point after, after, you know, losing the job and I was doing a little bit of substitute teaching, which as you can imagine is the furthest thing from being a coach, right? Um, no control over anything on that end of things. And that's when I just made the decision. Um, I don't know what triggered it. I just remember at the Super Bowl, um, I said, this is it. I'm going to, you know, I have a Super Bowl party every, every uh, year for all my coaches and, and my friends. And, um, you know, I drank a bunch of beers, ate a bunch of smoked meat and, and just cut loose. And the next day, 100% vegan. Because I had already, you know, I, I had already known about, you know, Dr. Colin, Dr. Campbell, uh, Dr. Furman, Dr. McGregor, um, Dr. Grieger, um, Dean Ornish, you know, all these great guys. And, and, and when I started seeing that there's a, there's a chance that, that it can actually reverse your cancer, and specifically prostate cancer uh, mm-hmm. after the prostatectomy. So I rolled with it, man. And, and uh, you know, I just changed everything about how I ate. Um, I didn't make it difficult. I didn't try to cook outlandish recipes. I didn't use any fake meats. Uh, if it was processed, I kind of stuck to Dr. Furman's concept, you know, eat real food and, and all the other guys kind of went along that whole mantra of, you know, if it doesn't grow in the ground, um, you know, you're not going to eat it. If it's, if it's been changed in any way, don't eat it. So, I mean, I, I literally would eat beans and corn and uh, some, some uh, lentil pasta. And then I started just experimenting with the herbs and sauteing vegetables and vegetable stock. And, you know, here I am today and my cancer numbers are almost back down to um, the zero to four uh, level that's sustainable. Um, and I know I have no doubt that I'm going to go to zero. And, um, you know, that's powerful. It's changed my life in so many different ways. And I could go on about that for forever. But, um, I needed to do it. I needed to do it for my family. I needed to do it for me. And uh, it's the greatest decision I ever made. I'm not even a year in. I lost uh, 120 pounds. I didn't exercise. Um, You know, I didn't lift weights. So I lost a little bit of muscle mass. But in the last, uh, you know, month or so, I'm already starting to put that muscle back on. It's there. It just needed to be um, stimulated again. So, you know, that was the greatest decision I in my life and, and I'll never, and I know, I know everyone says it, but there's no other, no other way to live for me other than going vegan. Um, you know, I got a lot more years where I want to piss a lot of people off and, <laughs> and get after it. So um, I'm going to make sure I stick around on, on God's earth for, for as long as I can. And I truly believe that I can, I can live to be a hundred, you know, whereas I had a doctor tell me to my face that I was going to be dead in five years if I didn't take those drugs. So that's, uh, that's pretty powerful. Mm. Uh, I love it, man. I, I, as you're talking, I'm thinking, um, I just had somebody on recently and he was talking about the difference between curing someone and healing somebody. And in your case, you know, that first surgery, you know, Western medicine cures you, right? But in order to actually heal, you need to transform everything about you, you know, curing somebody just brings them back to how they were before the disease, but they haven't transformed. They haven't changed anything about the way they're living, how they're thinking, what they're doing. So the disease is just going to come back. And I don't think most people can wrap their head around that. So the first time, 
the first time you had the surgery, you were cured, but you returned to the same lifestyle you had, right? And right. now, now you, over the past several months, you're transforming who you are and how you live. Um, and, and that's how you heal. No doubt. Let food be thy medicine, right? Hippocrates. No I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty simple and straightforward. But it's, um, you know, you could go down that rabbit hole with the, the, the medical industrial complex. Um, you know, unfortunately, medicine today is not what it was 120 years ago. It's all about money. And, you know, you can't make money off of people that are healthy. You gotta, and they can't make money off of them if they die. So you got to find a way to put them in that unhealthy zone. And, um, you know, that's where I think we have to get to in this podcast so other people can listen to my story and understand that if you just take that first step um, and you follow it, amazing things are going to happen. Um, mm. And not just, not just the curing of my cancer also, but, you know, I, there, was a, there was a point there when I was coaching where I thought I was going to have to get on a, uh, a golf cart. You know, it's like some of the old time coaches, uh, you know, who just get a little too big and the knees are bad. And, and I was nearly bone on bone. I mean, I, my doctor told me I needed double knee surgery. Um, right before we, we came on tonight, I was out. I did a 45 minute walk run uh, around the neighborhood. So, you know, I'm actually starting to jog a little bit now where that was never, ever going to happen for me. Mm -hmm. So the healing is it's not just the cancer. It's the entire body. I mean, mentally, uh, the way I can focus, um, you know, I'm still not a bright guy in any stretch of the imagination, but um, my attention to detail has definitely gone up. And, uh, and now the future is just, uh, you know, I'm taking on a whole bunch of other things, started a painting business, I'm working in a school, uh, going to get involved in something else. I got another couple of businesses I want to try to launch. And, you know, I've never had that kind of drive, not, not since the, uh, you know, the, the gun was put on my head by the doctor saying I had cancer, you know, and um, just having the, the mindset that I don't have to worry about that anymore. I just have to keep doing what I'm doing. Mm. It's pretty, so, uh, pretty fun. Uh, it's amazing, man. You know, I, I feel like, um, you know, I, I just had all the same realizations, you know, when, when I discovered it too. Um, how, how has it changed if it has your relationships and, in your relationship with your family, has it? I mean, I've always had a great relationship with my family. Um, you know, my kids are everything to me. And, uh, you know, I have two boys, two daughters. So I got a lot softer once I had daughters, believe me. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, they see what, what happened. They see the transformation. Um, you know, when my girls, you know, come and snuggle me and, you know, they're 10 and 8 still, so they're still young. You know, there's there's a lot there's a lot more room now that I don't have that big gut and uh, you know and everything else hanging on. So they've seen it, and you know my daughters have started to eat a little healthier. Um, you know, my boys they see it, but they're not ready to take that plunge. And, and uh, you know, I haven't pushed it on anybody. I don't think that's the right way to go about it. But um, it's changed my life with relationships with people that I wasn't as close to. Um, you know, I'm a little bit more vocal now about what I've got. And, and I'm passionate about it. And I, I think people see the passion. You know, it's just like coaching, you know. Um, guys fall in love with coaches that recruit them, you know. And, and it's because of the passion that they bring forth and, and about the school, about what they're doing. And, I, you know, this is no different, you know. And I can't tell you how excited I was to see you on TED Talks, man, and, and hear you talking about how you felt before and how you feel now. And, and, man, I think back to when I played, which is many, many years ago, but, you know, 
it could have been a whole lot different, you know, from a recovery standpoint uh, mm -hmm. to a workout. Um, my cardiovascular is just amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I just don't get tired anymore, you know. I wake up every morning at 4 o'clock. Uh, you know, I get more done from 4 to 6 than I think I'd, I've ever done uh, in an eight-hour day. So, yeah, I think that's pretty contagious. So I, I don't know if I answered that question as well as I probably could have, but, um, yeah, relationships have definitely improved as a result. And you know what? It's, I have more energy to be with them too, hmm. whereas I'd come home from work and uh, all I'd want to do is grab something to eat and sit on the couch and, and watch Monday Night Football or whatever, you know, whatever was on. But now I've got a lot, lot more energy to do things with them. And, and, you know, my daughters come out and work out with me in the garage now. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. I can't, I can't, I can't you know, can't be me when I'm out there, but um, it's still pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. What what element of, I mean, it's it's one thing to go through what you have gone through um, mm -hmm. on the on the health front from like a motivation standpoint. Obviously, like pain is a is a very powerful motivator, but sure. even even for many. Um, you know, it, it takes even more than what you've gone through. And, and, and for many, you know, people that, you know, maybe watched my talk or found all the doctors, you know, you listed earlier and watched the documentaries you listed, right? They still, even if they're on death's door, they still struggle to change how they're living. And I'm curious, you know, what what amount would you say like your background and your kind of mindset in, and maybe sports in general and kind of the, the attitude that you have brought to sports um, throughout your life, but as a coach too, um, and now kind of having that same mentality with transforming yourself. Like, do you, do you feel that has, that has helped you just having that? You said you're King Kong earlier, right? Like you, I know you yeah. are the guy you know, you, you've always believed you, you can do anything and you can run through brick walls. And I would imagine that has come from being in the sports world. It definitely has. And, and you know, I, I hate to, to use the coined phrase, but, um, you know, success doesn't come without failure. And, you know, we all fail. And as players, as coaches, you know, when you reflect on a game or, or practice, you're like, man, I could have done that better. That's that drive, you know. And I and listen, I wasn't an elite athlete by any stretch of the imagination. I certainly wasn't a top 10 coach in the country. But, um, you know, we all have that same mindset. It doesn't matter if you're Division three, two, or 1. Um, you're going to try to fix what's broke. And I think that that mentality gets hammered in as an athlete and as a coach. Um, and and I think it's the resolve that just keeps us going. And, and then, you know, as a player – and, 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 and as a coach, too, as you start to experience success with something, you get drunk on that and you just want more and more and more and more and more. Um, and, you know, and I can talk about that a little later when I've added to, to what I'm doing now. But it's, um, you know, it's an accountability issue. It's it's staying fast. I've got friends that I'm helping right now try to make the transformation and then they're struggling. Mm. And uh, and I think it's because we've all been poisoned. You know, we've had a food addiction. And, um, you know, I can't tell you the first time I heard someone tell me, and this is, gosh, this is probably 15 years ago. Someone told me that you can't drink milk. Milk is bad. I used to drink, I used to bring a gallon of milk to the squat rack 
every day I did legs, you know, yeah. I didn't drink water in between I drank milk and, and because that mindset was taught, mm. you know, you got to eat, um, 300 grams of protein, you know, a day, because if you're going to sustain that, that, that weight, and I was a nose guard, so I had to keep every bit of my weight because I'm only 5'10", um, you know, 5'11 is what I say, but I'm really 5'10". I just <laughs> first time, I think. So all my friends are going to be busting my ass. But, um, yeah, I just – I don't know, man. It's it, it was easier this time, and I can't really pinpoint what it was. I think I just – I got to that point. And it, and it wasn't just strictly for staying alive and the cancer. It was also – I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know. And um, I think once people understand that giving up those foods like pizza, chicken wings – I mean, that was a staple for me, mm. you know, and, and throw it back with a couple of Coors Lights. You know, that was the that was the quintessential guy diet, you know, Friday through Monday or, you know, whatever. Um, and now my my go to is a sweet potato and a salad, you know, or a bowl of rice and beans. So it's um, I don't know. It's, it's pretty it's just pretty amazing. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I actually you mentioned Dean Ornish earlier. And I just mm-hmm. had him on. You are you are the ep- episode after Dean Ornish. Um, oh God! But uh, not, but but he has this that's line. That's a big footprint. I got to get into. <laughs> but he's got this line that he always says, and it's it's what you gain is so much more than what you give up. You know, at the end of the day, like like you're giving up fucking food. It's like it's food. You know, you're giving up oh. beer. Like you know, you're giving like who cares? You know when you can gain all these amazing things that, that you're describing, you know, more energy and better sleep and things in your body working and feeling, you know, empowered and feeling excited when you get up every day. Um, in, in like, like to me, it's like, why, why would you care about giving up fucking chicken wings? You know, like, exactly. you know, you, you gain so much more than you give up. There's no doubt, but we've been taught from an early age that men eat beef, chicken, bacon. I mean, you go to Walt Disney World and they sell a a big thing of bacon on a stick. It's almost disgusting to think about for me now. Mm. Um, But yeah, we've been, you know, the commercials, the the media, um, our upbringing, you know, it's forced on us. And until you, it's almost like that the matrix, right? The red and the blue pill, you know, you just got to go ahead and take that red pill. Mm. You know, and then once you do it's the only way you're going to do it. Because if you're, you know, I got a good friend of mine that I played ball with in college. and He is absolutely astounded by what's going on. And, and he's been one of my biggest supporters, but he won't make that change yet. You know, cause he just doesn't want to give up those, those foods. But, What's a, what was amazing to me was I don't know if I ever tasted a blueberry, strawberry, a banana, or a watermelon before because the first time I did after, you know, those first couple months, um, those flavors just started to come out. And now, I mean, that stuff's sweeter than candy, mm-hmm. and it's good for you. I mean, you know, you eat the blueberry, all that stuff that makes it blue is the phytochemicals, the antioxidants, that's all going into your body. You know, and I, one of the doctors said it doesn't change your skin color, but it, it's adding to your body. So, yeah, man, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it is not fucking hard to give up pizza and chicken wings. 
Mm. It really isn't. You know, and you can eat more on a, on a whole food plant-based diet. You know, if I, if I showed you what I eat in a day, people would be like, what? Yeah, I still lose weight, you know? Yeah, and you're not, you're, you're probably not counting anything. You're not counting not grams of it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nothing. Yeah. And, you know, I got buddies that, that try to do this, and they're like, all right, how many cups of rice? I'm like, dude, I, don't, don't think of it on terms of how much. Eat until you're satiated, and then when you get hungry, eat some more, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but, I mean, not, now obviously you could overeat on this, right? Um, but I think it's pretty hard. You know, if I do you stay too. into if you're staying with the whole foods and not eating the processed stuff, um, yeah. it's it just it's amazing, man. It it's almost it's almost magical in a way. Now I don't know if you've experienced this or not, and this is going to put me probably in a, in a different uh, perspective. But I've also become tied into nature. I love being outdoors now. You know, I can't wait to go out and be outdoors. You know. Being inside is almost stifling to me now. You know, I feel I feel such a, a release when I get back out in nature. And I never felt that before. I didn't recognize it. Mm. You know, I was too too focused on winning the damn football game. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, man. It, it, it's funny you say that. Like I've uh, I've almost written like blog posts on that on that very topic. But you know, I went. You know, a, a year after I, I, I switched, you know, that's when I started getting into trail racing and like I do everything outdoors now. Like I don't, yeah. I don't want to be in a gym. I don't like, I, I want to be out in the woods, you know, and yes. I think there's definitely some, uh, not to get too uh, woo woo or anything, but there's definitely some uh, energetic type things that just shift with you. Um, and you're just better able to, uh, be where you are, if you will, and really just take things in fully. And maybe that has to do with like the clearing of the brain fog or just getting the toxins out of your body or just feeling good, like truly feeling good so that you can actually connect with what's around you better. Um, I have all kinds of theories, but I won't, I won't go into them, but it's certainly something I've experienced too. Well, I have one simple theory. Uh, mm. You know, the food that you and I eat now and so many other people, and I'm glad this movement is starting to catch fire. Um, that's what God intended us to eat, you know? And, and I truly believe that, that, you know, I became closer to, to, to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because of this. Um, you know, this is something that we all need to do, I think, to, to get back to who we really were created to be. So maybe, you know, I, not maybe. I'm gonna just come out. So I definitely feel that's that's the reason why we're so connected now to other things that we didn't even think about. Like you said, that brain fog. You know, we had other things on our mind that we thought were important. When what's really important is living the best life that we can live. And you know, I know I haven't been doing this for a long time. Um, you know, it'll be a year uh, in February, but there's no doubt in my mind that you can't enjoy feeling good until you know what feeling good is. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said in your TED talk, you said something very similar to that, that you had no idea, you know, about how that would make you feel. Right. And yeah, that's, I think that's the magic of this whole movement. You know, this whole, whole food plant-based um, 
thought process. It just brings you back to who you were supposed to be. Yeah, man, that is beautifully said. Yeah, it's, it's not really changing. It's returning to who you are, you know? Exactly. Yeah, 100%, man. So, so I'd love to get into um, some of the things. Maybe we can like go through a, t- a typical day or, or just some of the other things that you've kind of added in um, on top of just the diet piece too. Uh, anything that you might have changed for somebody that is listening that is maybe just starting out or looking to kind of add some other things in as well. Absolutely. Well, the first, the first thing I did was I, I became familiar with spices and herbs. Um, because, you know, when you eat food that, that was once alive in the ground and is still alive in, in, uh, in a way, um, just not as alive when it was in the ground, but, um, you know, you got to learn how to, how to cook food, you know, and I think getting back to cooking, you know, whereas, you know, coaching all those years, the only food source I found was a, was was a fast food place, you know, or I'd call in the order. Um, you know, now I'm actually, you know, for Christmas, I got a spice rack. I got, um, containers where I can keep my walnuts and my oatmeal and all that stuff. Um, and I got cutting boards. I mean, that's, that's me now. That's what, that's probably the biggest transformation at home was just the cooking aspect and learning how to make this great food taste even greater without injuring myself. Mm. You know, um, that's been huge. Um, I just recently started something, uh, it's called 75 hard. Um, and I wouldn't have never been able to do this before cause I wouldn't have had the energy and I, and I wouldn't be able to do it because of the way my body was. But now I'm locked in, uh, 45 minutes of indoor activity, 45 minutes of outdoor activity, reading, uh, a nonfiction book, uh, 10 pages a day, minimum drinking a gallon of water, which I was already doing. And, um, and staying on a, on, a, on a clean diet, which I've already been doing. And, you know, even though I got home late today, I, the reason why, you know, I was a few minutes late, I had to go do my 45 outdoors. You know, it's pitch black. And I live in a nice neighborhood with a little pond down the road with trails. And, you know, I'm out there just loving life, you know, listening to a, a Joe Rogan podcast. And I'm not even breathing heavy. And I'm clipping along. And 45 minutes goes by like it was five. I mean, that's... It's almost euphoric, right? So all this stuff has just happened in the last 10 and a half months because I just feel that good, the motivation, you know? And I think the most important thing for people when they start out is to just not worry about the outcome. Just immerse themselves in the food choices and try to find, you know, try to eat things that you've never eaten before. You know, some people have never tried a sweet potato. They have no idea how delicious sweet potato is by itself. Mm. And, you know, those are the things, you know, go into a start shopping at different grocery stores. You know, I love uh, sprouts. We have those down here. I don't know if they have them up North, but um, they're literally uh, whole foods without the whole paycheck method, you know, too expensive at whole foods, right? Uh, not to, not to give a bad plug, but um, yeah, just go out and experiment with foods. Find what you like. And to be perfectly honest with you, and I read this somewhere, we typically only eat five or six things regularly, you know? So a few years ago, it was pizza, chicken wings, beer, steak, hamburgers, right? And you just repeat that. And it's the wrong food, but now I do the same thing with my right food. I mean, hummus has become one of my go-tos. Mm. Uh, oh, I, I've never 
never ate oatmeal in my life because, you know, of course, I was forced to eat cream of wheat and all that crap when I was younger. You know, they didn't know how to cook back then as far as what to put in it. And, um, and now my, my oatmeal is my dessert every night. That's the last meal. I don't eat it in the morning. I eat it for my last meal. Uh, I've also incorporated intermittent fasting through this whole process, too. So um, I still haven't eaten yet today. And you can hear how much energy I have just, just now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scarf down about 2,000 calories after I get off the meeting. But, um, yeah, I think just going out and experimenting and learning how to cook for yourself um, and, and find the flavors that, that really excite you. And then stick with it. You know, my first two months doing this, I ate the same things every day. And I never got tired of it. Mm. And now I crave foods that, you know, most people don't even think about. You know, when I'm when I start to get really hungry, I think about a salad uh, with an oil free dressing that I make. You know, my favorite is uh, spicy mustard, um, a little bit of agava, about a tablespoon of agava um, syrup. And then I'll throw in some other spices, put a little apple cider vinegar and, and thin it out with some water. And I will throw that in my salad. And I swear to you, that thing is gone in 30 seconds. And I mean, I eat a bowl. Not a little tiny bowl. I eat a, this is what you would normally put in the middle of the table for five people. And I eat that like it's nothing. And, you know, it's just, it's incredible, man. I'm yeah. all over the place right now, but, you know, you're starting to get Coach Crumb coming back up. No, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. Yeah, you, you, something I learned, you know, over the years is, is you, you crave what you eat. You know, yes. and if you can go long enough, you know, if you can string together a month, of really eating good whole plant foods, you will start to crave them as crazy as that sounds. And well, you, no will, you will crave the salad, you will crave the banana because you know, there's all kinds of science on the bacteria in, in your mouth and your taste buds and everything. Um, you just slowly start to crave the new things you're eating until yeah. your cravings are you know, a banana with some peanut butter instead of uh, you know, a... Snickers. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. And you know, the crazy thing about that too is I, and I was one of them. Okay. Cause you know, uh, as a nutrition counsel, as a coach, you know, I tried to help kids with their diet and uh, you know, a lot of people are struggling with their weight and their health. And they're telling me that their doctors tell them to only eat half a banana. There's too much sugar. I want to, I want to burst. I want to scream. I want to strangle those people. I'm like, listen, you can eat six bananas. It's not going to put weight on you. Mm -hmm. Because it's it's fructose. It's it's one step removed from being energy versus um, table sugar. You know, same with avocados and, and nuts. Now you got to be careful with those because they are high fat. But I ate two avocados a day and probably two cups of walnuts uh, every day when I was losing 120 pounds. So I kind of put a I kind of put a crink in that whole uh, that whole idea. You know, and, and just knowing that as long as you just eat whole foods and just get out of your way. A hundred percent. Yep. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, man. I, I always say this and especially, and I'm curious to get your take, especially coming from the sports background where all we focused on was the words protein, carbs, fat, right? And you're, you're just trained on, on those words and you look at food as macronutrients instead of looking at the food as a whole. So yeah, when it came to fruit, you know, as an athlete, you're trying to cut back on your quote unquote sugar. 
and you know you're you're avoiding fruit but you're eating a steak because you see the steak as protein but you're just not at all asking the bigger question of you know does this promote my health you know and what what package does the protein come in what package does the sugar come in and we're just so blinded by those freaking words instead of just you know asking that one simple question is this food good for me and i think if we could get get back to that and stop focusing on the protein and realize that you literally cannot not get enough protein and you know carbs if they come from whole plant foods do not make you fat because it's about the whole food right and um that was a big hurdle for me just throwing those freaking words out the window yeah i mean listen i was a huge proponent of the atkins diet which is now the keto diet right it just changed names right. it's the same thing high fat low carbs um you know, and, and, and Dr. McDougall really talks about starch, right. which for you and I, that was the enemy. Mm-hmm. That's what we were taught. Don't eat foods that, you know, no potatoes, no, no bread of any kind. Um, now, I stay away from certain types of bread, but you know what I mean? And now knowing that that was a, that's false, you know, I can eat as much potatoes and, you know, obviously I'm not going to eat three loaves of bread, but I can throw a little non bread in or make my own, you know, three right. ingredients for the least amount of ingredients. That's the mindset, you know, and they, and a lot of people say, well, if you're vegan, how do you get your protein? I've heard several doctors say this. Um, there's never been a protein deficient human in this country. It just doesn't happen. There's protein in everything. Matter of fact, where's the, where's the animal get the protein? It gets the protein from eating. Right. So we ingest the meat. That's how we get the protein. Well, now we just cut out the, the, the middle party there and we just go right to the, the protein that comes from the ground. Amen. But yeah, you're absolutely right, man. It's, it's crazy how different we both think now, thinking back to when we were younger and, uh, you know, before we made the transi- transition. You know, and I hate to say it, but we, we really have been lied to. No doubt. You know. And this is, this is great because I, I really feel passionate about getting this out. You know, um, you know, we've probably both lost family members to heart disease and, and cancers. And, you know, I'm not saying that every cancer is going to be curable. I'm not saying that at all. Um, a lot of other things go into it, I guess. But just having the opportunity maybe to have somebody around for a few more years than we had them, right? That's powerful. So we need to continue this movement and get it out. And, you know, it's growing. Mm-hmm. it's growing. And if I can do my small part, you know, uh, I don't know how many people are going to see this video with us, you and I, but that might just start a, a whole new life for a couple people. And that would be amazing. No doubt, man. Yeah. Th- thousands will definitely see this. And, um, well, what I said, you know, when we initially, uh, connected recently about doing this, you're unique. And I think, we need so many more people like you uh, to, to speak about your experience because you really are, I mean, you're the man's man, you know, you're, you're, you're the King Kong, you're the football coach, you're the guy that can relate to that, that guy that you were, you know, five years ago that would have, you know, told us vegans to go fuck off. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you used to be that guy and you're still this, this tough, 
tough coach guy and um, you're just, all you've done is just, you know, you, now you're a healthy version of that, right? And the, that, that part of you can just shine more, but you, you know, I'll, I'll you know, I, I don't think like you, you need to convince most women to, you know, eat more plants. It's really, it's really that stigma and that whole idea of men eating certain things and men being men. So yeah, man, that, that's why I think your, your story is so powerful. You know, you, you are that man's man. You used to be that dude that, you know, laughs at what we're talking about right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know? there's no doubt. There's no, well, if you remember now, I don't know if you remember this, but what was, what was my nickname for our defense? I named, Ooh. I named my second child after this. Ooh. And I'll tell I'll give you a little hint. Coach, right. Hickey, Coach Hickey was the, uh, uh, the berry gatherer, you know, the little, his offensive guys in my mind weren't as tough as defensive guys. So, you know, the berries guys over here, we were the hunters. The hunters. That's yeah. right. You used to hunters. yell hunters. Yeah. Hunters. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and listen, man, I, listen, I, the other thing I learned too is that I'm full of shit in a lot of aspects, you know, from, from looking back at my old ways and, and, uh, you know, that's a humbling thing too, right? You're trying to act a certain way because you feel that that's what's expected. Um, you know, if I could take that old guy and slap him upside the head, he, you know, he probably wouldn't get it. But, um, you know, now I understand, you know, it's, I mean, yeah, we're all, we're all, we're, we're all tough in our own way. You know, um, just now it's not a phony tough. Mm. You know? um, I think I'm a, a tougher man now mentally and, and soon to be physically. I mean, I, well, actually, I, I would give myself a go. You know, if I had to go one-on-one uh, against my 24-year-old self, I think I'd be okay right now. Mm. You know? I think I could whoop his ass. Mm. Yeah, man. I, I also say too often, like, when I'm trying to talk to another dude, you know, um, I just kind of like reiterate the fact that like, I don't think it like it doesn't take courage. It doesn't take balls. It doesn't take discipline. It doesn't take kind of all those traits we, um, you know, uh, put together with what we define as a man to just do exactly what our dads did to do, eat the same things we've always eaten to do the same things, go down the same path, um, of, of our, of our fathers. And as you mentioned, you know, most of them probably died of some disease, preventable disease, you know, and it, it just takes no strength or courage to just do what you've always done when you know it doesn't work. So I, I try to reframe it that way. I'm like, dude, it takes no courage to just eat your chicken wings and drink, drink your beer. So don't talk to me about being a man, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because when I was first researching this a lot, um, you know, the statistics prove that, Guys like me who had prostate cancer after the prostatectomy, if they switched to a whole food plant-based diet, their numbers went down and, and they went down quite a bit. Problem is most people were unable to sustain that. Mm. And I remember thinking about that when I first started. And now looking back, I'm like, how the fuck do you stop doing what we're doing, knowing full well now that you're beating this disease and you feel the best you've ever felt. In your life. I mean, I'm sure you feel the same way as far as how you feel now compared to 10, 15 years ago. Right. 
And you were in great shape when I recruited you. And that's the funny thing was, you know, I think more of the transition for you was on the inside. Yeah. So I really couldn't tell the difference physically. You were still jacked, you know, and, and when you, I saw you on stage at, uh, for TED Talks. But I think what happens to the inside, and I just don't understand how people can give up on that if they know that they can live. And that same study also illustrated that the guys that fell off and went back, the cancer came back, the numbers went up, and they died. Mm. And in some cases, they went back, their numbers went up, and then they went back to the whole food plant base, and the numbers went back down again. So that's a tough pill for me to swallow that a guy, where are you mentally in that point in your life where you decide, you know, fuck it, I'm just going to go back. I, I can't live without my pizza and chicken wings, like you alluded to earlier. Yeah. That's not hard to give up. Right. So I don't know if we figure that out. I think we could save the world, but I just don't know how that triggers someone to go back to the way you, you were, you know, and then lose. Because mm. ultimately, you know, as men, we always think we got to be winners, right? I mean, that's, that's giving up. Mm. That's, that's not something that you and I um, and most of the guys that play sports, whether it's football, soccer, basketball, whatever, um, it's hard to give up for us, right? I don't know if everybody has that same mindset. Maybe that's the blessing that playing sports gave us. Like right. you said earlier, you know, I don't know. I mean, do you, have you thought about that? Have you, have you seen that kind of research where people hop off after, you know, reaching a certain level of, of health, and, you know, everything's getting, it's regressing and then they go back. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. I think like a lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll change their diet. Right. And, and they will get to a place where they're, they're feeling really good and they have lost some weight and they, um, you know, maybe have overcome some illnesses, but mm -hmm. they haven't checked the box on some of the other areas. Right. They haven't, right. they, they don't have the mental piece that I think, you know, for, for guys like us that, have been fortunate to like develop that and callous that over years of sports or maybe doing things outside of our comfort zone. Or, you know, I think guys like us have a, have a certain level of belief in ourselves because we've done some harder things or difficult things in our life. And I think, you know, a lot of people that go back, like the other pieces of the puzzle, you know, like you, you see people that will go vegan or go plant-based or whatever. And then, you know, a couple of years later, they leave. And I've even had that with, with, with people in my family and they haven't really connected to the bigger reason why they're doing it. Um, but also I think they just haven't, they haven't done the other work, you know, they, they, they ha don't quite have the, the mindset, you know, you have this mindset right now, you, you believe you can do anything. And probably for probably the first time in your life, you, you truly believe you have full control over your body and not only your body, but what you, what you make of your life. And, and I think 100%. that's, that, that's unique to you and your mindset and your experiences. And I think food can be a gateway to getting you there probably like it was for both of us. But I don't think, um, for many people that, um, it's that easy on kind of the men the mental front and, um, the confidence front and, and, and how they speak to themselves and how they, think about themselves. And I think that's a big piece of the puzzle. You know, I don't think you can be physically well if um, you're not self-confident or, or confident in who you are and, 
you talk down to yourself and you have fears and you have a certain level of stress around that and all that. So I, I think those play into it a lot. And that's why we all need affirmations, you know, mm. um, and, and going back to your earlier question, I should have said this before, but I just thought of it. Dr. Joel Furman was asked uh, in an interview, you know, obviously he didn't eat whole food plant-based his whole life. You know, he's a figure skater, um, ate the standard American diet. And so when asked that question, you know, they said, you know, Dr. Furman, how did you, how did you make that transition and give up all those foods and then be around them and not have them? And the affirmation that he used, and this was so powerful for me, Pat, he would look at the pizza or look at the cookie or look at the cheeseburger and say, that's not real food. Mm -hmm. That's fake food. And that affirmation really set it on a different level for me. And that was what helped me get by my early cravings. And then I think once we get out of the way um, and you experience some success, again, I don't, I'm not a big fan of uh, psychology and all that stuff. I know it, I know it's important, but I don't know if it's as important as we've made it today. I think uh, when you make a decision uh, and you put everything you got into it, then you can do whatever you want. And maybe that's the maybe that's the thing that we need to get out there is you have to make a conscious decision that you're going to do this, mm. and then that's that's an affirmation. And once you say you're going to do it, uh, you know it's like telling my daughter, "Hey, when we get when you get home from school today, I'm going to take you to the park." Well, when I come home, even if I'm not full of piss and vinegar, there's no way I'm not going to take my daughter to the park. You know that mindset. I'm going to do it. I think that's another big thing that helped me, you know, yeah. I knew I was going to do it. And, and that now, you know, fast forward, you know, where I'm at today, uh, the confidence that I have that what I have is so unbelievable. Um, you know, and I'm not afraid about anything, anymore. you know, back when I'm coaching, Hey, you know, we could get fired tomorrow, you know? Um, and then, you know, experiencing division one uh, that happened. I mean, your life just bam, right. That doesn't bother me anymore. You know, I think knowing what I know now, I could live in a double wide trailer in Florida, out in the middle of the state, and I'd be happy. Mm. You know, I'd be happy eating my oranges and my, and my natural food out there and being in nature. So I think that plays a big hand in it too, is the affirmation piece and just recognizing that when you make a commitment, that's, that's got to be on the forefront. Yeah. I'm going to do this today. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow or next month. I'm going to do this today. Mm. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I sort of had something similar where I, I I declared like for me, what was helpful was just the, the clear line, right? Where you you say you're going to go to the park with your daughter and there is you, you do not cross the line. That is something you it, it's a it's a yes. It's a yeah, like you're going to do it right. For me, it was I don't eat that. Right. I, I don't eat it. Right. I, I clearly said those are the things I don't eat, right? And it got to a point once I did that where it's like, you know, just like being around somebody who's smoking a cigarette and somebody offers me a cigarette, it's like, that's not on my menu. Like, I, I don't smoke. You know, it's easy to say no to a cigarette when you don't smoke. And it's the same sort yeah. I got to the same point. It's like, no, like that, you know, that calzone or that cupcake, that, that I don't eat that, you know? And it's just a simple no. And there's no... There's no stress. Whereas if you give yourself the gray area, 
you're like, oh, I only eat it on the weekends or I sometimes eat it, then you're obviously going to abuse the gray area and there's the stress around it. But the second you yeah. say you don't do it and you commit to that, there, there's really no pressure around it anymore. That's a great analogy. Um, and, and, I, and I'll kind of confirm that even more too on, on, in relation to someone else that I'm helping. Uh, he's a good friend of mine and he's on it now. I mean, he's, he's starting to see it. He's weekends are no problem for him, but you know, every time Friday afternoon, Friday evening came, his mind went back to, I'm going to have a glass of wine. Oh, this is mozzarella sticks. And then, you know, you can't be vegan from Monday through Thursday and eat the standard American diet Friday through Sunday and expect to feel all those wonderful results that you and I have felt and still feel by eating whole food plant-based. And, you know, that's that stigma, right? So certain people didn't smoke. Certain people only smoke when they drank. Well, that, that smoke when I drank, that's the same as eating bad on the weekends. You stay clean all week, but then on the weekends you go back to it. That just doesn't make sense. And I think that might be a hard piece for people to get over. You know, in the case of my buddy, he got over it. And now he's, mm. now he's, he, he's rolling, you know, and he's loving it. He keeps texting me, look what I made. You know, hey, I lost a couple pounds here. You know, and, and my big thing to him, and this is for anyone that's listening that's going to think about starting this, we are so outcome-based, especially athletes and coaches. Everything is about the outcome, the outcome, the outcome. Well, on this journey, just sit back and let it happen. Don't worry about what's going to happen in, in the month. Don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow, next week. Just enjoy that wholesome meal that you're, that you're eating right now and enjoy the benefits that you're going to feel. Because I've never had a headache since I started this. I have never had heartburn. And man, I used to eat Tums with my Coors Lights because I was so, you know, bloated and, and you know, whatever, right? None of that. None of that. I mean, it's amazing. So my advice is just don't worry about the outcome. It's going to happen for you. All those wonderful things that you and I have experienced and are still experiencing – that's going to happen. It's going to be at a different timetable for everybody. But get away from the outcome uh, necessity. That's not what we need. Like in football, the outcome is to win, right? And we forget all the things that we did from, you know, Sunday on film evaluation through the week for preparation for the next game. That kind of gets pushed to the side afterwards because you're at that game now and now you want to win, right? But all that stuff that you did, that was all to get that one outcome. And I think that's what's been the biggest thing for me in an in understanding way is just step back and relax on this and just enjoy it, you know. And I didn't falter. But if you do falter, don't, don't pick – don't say, okay, well, this, was, this was my biggest thing. And all my friends, will, if they hear this, they're going to relate. When I was heavy and I wasn't eating the way we are now, it was always I'll start, I'll start the Atkins diet on Monday. And no matter where I was in the week, you know, I might have failed on Tuesday. Rather than get right back on at the next meal, I spent the next six days not worrying about it. Say, well, I'll start again next Monday. I don't know why that happens, but that's that outcome-based mentality. I, I, well, I'll do it later. You know, I'll get that result later. But right now I'm going to eat like a pig. And that yeah. goes away. That goes away. There's no – 
I can honestly say right now, and this is this is no bullshit. I will never go back to eating the way I did before. The 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 health benefits that I feel every day. You know, in my school, I go up and down the stairs, three flights. There's an elevator right there. Fuck that. That's the easy way out. You know, I'm going up those stairs and I do it 15, 20 times a day. Sometimes I don't even have to go to the third floor. I just do it. I come back down a flight and, and, you know, go to the floor that I'm supposed to be on. Those things never happen. So anybody who's listened, just take a, take a leap of faith and just, and just give it a shot. Don't worry about how much weight you're going to lose. Don't worry about, you know, your overall health. If you've got something that's really bad going on day to day, to day meal to meal, and it'll happen for you. The, the miracles will start to come in, but it doesn't happen all at once. Right. It took a couple months for me to really understand how my body here's a, here's a great example. I have three compressed discs in my neck. Okay. When I was 340 pounds, there was so much inflammation in my body and pain, I didn't even realize that. That injury, the, doc, the chiropractor told me that injury probably happened 15 years ago, 20 years ago when I was playing, right? Reversed curved neck from being a nose guard and always hitting with the front of my head. I couldn't move my neck. Well, chiropractors are too damn expensive. So after the first week of doing it, and I felt great, it was $130 a pop because insurance doesn't cover it. Doing what I'm doing now might I don't feel it. It's gone. But I was so sick living that life, I didn't even realize I had three compressed discs. So, I mean, that, I mean, I could go on and on. Man. I mean, yeah, think for three hours, but I, it just, it's, it's absolutely amazing to me to realize that just switching what you put on your plate can give you discomfort. And, and, and again, my knees, I couldn't even walk hardly. I mean, it hurt. You know, there's still moderate pain. I'm not going to lie. I'm 53 years old and I've, you know, been double teamed for every single year that I played <laughs> nose guard. So, you know, 15 plus years. Um, but, you know, the pain tolerance that I have is nothing compared to the inflammation loss. And that's what it is. Mm. You know, when I can eat a certain food, like if I eat a certain white bread food, I, I can tell, oh, wait a minute, I'm not going to eat that type of bread anymore. I, I could feel that in my knees the next day. I mean, it's that immediate. Your body is just, it's amazing. Man. Yeah. I'm, I'm labbering on now, probably off. I'm, I'm, no. you say, we're, we're off the tracks, right? <laughs> we're back on the tracks. You remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. But yeah, man, you're, you're speaking to something that is so true uh, that I often talk about too is like, most people's alarm bells, I call them alarm bells, right? They don't work, right? Most people, there's a fire going on inside their body, right? And yeah. whether, whether it's a pill or the continuous onslaught of, of shitty food, right? They've, they've, they've turned off the, the fire alarm system, right? And they keep, you know, fueling the fire, but you know, their, their alarm system, it doesn't work. And when you clean all of that out, right. And you get the system working again, your body gives you that instant feedback, right? The second you, you know, go back and have a piece of steak, once you've cleared out all the system, you know, and it's been working for a few months, you go back and you, you ignite that fire again, 
that alarm goes off and it's, it's inst- instant feedback. And, and, and also when you're in that place, it feels so shitty when you do eat it. Like you, you, again, because you hadn't experienced how good you could feel as we were saying earlier. Right. That when you eat that thing you used to eat, your body, now that everything works, the alarm goes off, you feel like shit and you just don't even want to touch it again. But most people, they're, they're just so, yeah, inflamed and out of touch with changes in their body that um, they, they think they feel good and they just have no relation to uh, the things that, that go in their body. They have no feedback. No, you're absolutely correct. And that's, I think, what, what, what stops a lot of people is, you know, I, I can remember back to when I was eating the standard American diet. Um, you know, after you eat, you feel lethargic. It's not just when you eat turkey, you know, um, it's, it's all that animal based fat. Once you put that in your body, your body is fighting that because that's not what we're supposed to eat. I truly believe that, you know, mm-hmm. and now that, that, that doesn't happen, you know? So like I'll go out to eat, you know, people, you know, I think the and correct me here. If you feel the same, if we do go out to eat, I always try to push towards a Mexican restaurant because they have way more options for us that are not going to get us out of sync. Like I can't go to Outback. Hmm. I mean, I could sit there and eat a baked potato and broccoli, but I'm not paying $10 for one potato and and, uh, a cup of broccoli when I know I could go down to the local market and get that same meal for a dollar 50. Right. A bag of, a bag of frozen broccoli, uh, you know, costs 99 cents and a potato costs about 50, Hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, hundred percent. It changes everything. You know, now that I'm actually discussing this out and open with you, there's more and more things that keep coming to me about things I didn't even realize, but that's, that's that one big thing, wherever I'm at people that eat at work, I don't eat at work. Number one, I don't need to, Yeah. you know, the intermittent fasting piece for me has been easy, but when I do eat, everybody else is tired 20 minutes after and they, Oh gosh, I'm like, what? Hey, where are we going now? Let's go. You know, it's like you stoked that fire, you fueled your body and now your body's ready to go. Um, and how about the sleep aspect for you? Did you, did you see a change in that? Oh yeah, no doubt. And, yeah. and as you're, as you're talking, man, like the, like, I just feel like it's the, it's the ultimate, uh, hack to the, it's the ultimate advantage. And, yes. um, you know, when I first started this and came up with the name, eat green, make green, right. It's like, I felt like putting these things in my body and having all these changes and, and seeing that I had way more energy and was so much more productive than everybody else around me because I was doing that. You know, the, the whole make green thing was, I feel like I can accomplish anything. And I feel well, like, you know, I'm fueling myself with, uh, you know, the, the premium stuff now and not the, not the cheap gasoline, you know? And, um, yeah, I just feel I just feel like it can fuel anything. I feel like it's the ultimate hack, you know. It really is. It yeah. really is. And you mentioned something earlier that that I I wanted to respond to and that I just completely forgot. But we were led to believe that the macronutrients are the most important thing, right? The fat, the carbs, the protein. It's the micronutrients, and that's mm-hmm. something that when you go whole food, plant based, um, I think that's the difference. We're actually putting things in our body 
um, as one doctor, I can't remember who said it, probably all of them at one point, but our cells function off of micronutrients, right? Those antioxidants, phytochemicals, the, the vitamins, the minerals, all the wonderful things that come in plant-based foods, that's, that's the difference I think we feel, is that we are feeding ourselves, whereas eating a standard American diet, we are feeding our mind-controlled hunger, so to speak. And, and so that food, we put it in, and it's really not giving us a whole lot of benefit. You know, and I watch people eat now and I get disgusted. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I can't even smell raw, raw chicken. I almost vomit. I made chicken cutlets for my family for, you know, a traditional meal that we do. It's a little off uh, the normal Christmas dinner, but um, my kids just, you know, I learned how to make that from my Italian grandma. That was the best cook in the world. She was certainly the opposite of vegan. God rest her soul. Still lived to be 98 years old somehow, but. Uh, by the grace of God, but she was not vegan and uh, nobody in my family was. So, you know, just putting things in your body that's going to make your body respond so much better. And, and it's definitely those micronutrients. I have no yeah. doubt. Yeah. Somebody, somebody on this show way back when um, said hunger is your body's search for nutrients, not necessarily calories. And right. most, most people are walking around and they're eating a ton of calories, they're eating a ton of food, but it's devoid of actual nutrients. So, you know, your, your, your body's still starving. You may be eating 5,000 calories a day, but your body is starving for nutrients. And that's, that's the cycle most people are, are caught in. And that's why they get caught in that restrictive kind of thing where they're trying to cut calories or restrict themselves because although they're eating so much, they're, they're starving. They're not giving their body any nutrients. Right. Yeah. Well, it brings me back to my first textbook in, in college health class, right? You've got the, uh, the donut and the apple. They both have the same amount of calories. One is nutrient dense. One is devoid of nutrients. Mm -hmm. That never made sense to me. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell's that mean? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to rip 10 of those donuts and go out and lift and outlift you. And, you know, that's that. There's that what we were taught we were supposed to be like. Whereas you eat three apples, you're full. Like you can eat a dozen donuts and I've done that. I, I, I'm embarrassed to say it, but I've done it. <laughs> yeah. I just want to go to sleep. You know, I feel like that snake who just ate an animal three times its size and now just has to crawl into the bushes and hide. So it doesn't get eaten to digest. Um, you know, you eat three apples and, and you're full, but you're up and ready to go. So yeah, hundred percent. I love it. I love it. All right, man. So we're, we're getting, uh, we're getting close to an hour here, but I, I want to give you quickly the That's airways. Oh yeah, man, we're, we're rolling. We're rolling. We're, we're having fun Goodness. here. Great. Yeah. I'm having so, a blast. I, I just say, hey, thank you. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on with you. hundred percent. I, I appreciate you, man. So I, I'd love to give you the airways. Let's say you, you know, uh, the, the young coach crumb, you know, 24-year-old, 25-year-old guy comes up to you, you know, maybe one of your players, for example, or something like that comes up to you and, and you know, says he's not feeling well or, you know, want, wants to make a change. Like, what? How, how do you speak to somebody like that? Maybe you don't know, but maybe what would you say to kind of your younger self or somebody kind of in that position where, where they are seeking change? Let me just make sure I understand the question 
post. Yeah. So me now, present, what would I say? Or me 25 years ago? Yeah, yeah, you now. Okay. The first thing I'd say is, what'd you eat today? What'd you eat yesterday? You know? Um, and then I would, I would try to steer them into a different path. Whereas before, you know, everything was by, you don't feel good, suck it up. Just suck mm -hmm. it up, get through practice, and then go eat that chicken and steak and salad. You'd be good. Um, now I think I concentrate more on looking at what that individual is actually putting in his body. Because uh, I think that's going to give the blueprint for what's going on. Mm. That makes sense? Yeah, no, definitely. Is that the way you're looking me to answer it? or No, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And, and what would you like, for like first step for somebody, would you say, you know, change your breakfast or like, would you say go all in right off the bat? Like, do you have any thoughts on that? Would you recommend like gradually doing it or? Um, I think most people need a gradual introduction to this. Um, and there's been quite a few people that have asked for my help, you know, when they see, see you on a weekly basis and they just saw these pounds coming off, you know, you know, from a size 46 waist to a size 36. Um, I was never in 36 pants ever Yeah, as a, Kid, a young adult, nothing. Um, but I think for most people, you have to start off with, let's just make one meal whole food plant-based. You know, let's get used to having one meal, whatever it is, you know. Um, and I don't think breakfast is a good one because most people, I don't think most people will eat oatmeal and banana and peanut butter, you know, right out the gate. But I think maybe changing their, their lunch or dinner to, you know, sweet potato and um, some sauteed broccoli, cauliflower, onion, peppers, whatever, and uh, and just go from there. And then little by little, I think they're going to feel for themselves the difference that they, they felt after eating the whole food plant-based meal versus, you know, that standard American diet meal, whatever that may be. I definitely think that's the way to go. But there are some people like us that just respond better to a challenge too. Right. You know, and, and in that case – you know, if I think a guy's got that same kind of mindset, I would definitely say, hey, man, just fuck it. Just go all in and just try to go a week and see how you feel. You can do a week, right? Most of us as athletes, yeah, weeks, nothing, right? We train for three and a half months before the season starts, you know, hard when we're trying to get back in shape after all that hypertrophy lifting that we did to get big. Um, so I think each individual is different. But the one piece that I tell everybody is if you fuck up, don't beat yourself up because you're combating, you know, 25, 30, 18 years, however long you've been alive. That's a lot to combat, right? So just accept it. Okay, I, I made a mistake. I screwed up. My next meal is going to be whole food plant-based. And, you know, that's where I'm at with a couple of my friends, and, and that works for them. Because now I've taken away that, that little voice in the back of their head. You're not strong enough. You're not, you can't do this. Okay. I can't do it today. I, I just had a, a hamburger. But my next meal, I'm going to be spot on. And I think that builds that success, right? Because as athletes, what do we create? Success, not failure. Even though now we understand failure is part of the equation, I think that's the simplest step. If I was going to give myself advice back then, I think that would be how I would treat everybody. You know, hey, it's okay to make a mistake. Just get back on. Don't do like I did. You know, you fuck up on Tuesday and you say, I'll start again next Monday. You know, right, meaning, yeah. 
every meal on Tuesday that I have left, and then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm going to eat the way I want, and then maybe I'll get it right on Monday. Nah. Start that next meal. Yeah, it's, it's to, a lot of- to, to tie this into uh, to football, right? You're, you're in game three of the season, and you're, you're 3-0, and and, and you lose one. You don't throw right. away. You don't throw away the whole season, or you don't throw away the next three games. You know, you get no. back. You get back on the horse. It's a new game. You know, in 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 it's one game at a time. And yeah. you know, just because yeah. you lost game two of the season doesn't mean you're going to throw away game three to ten. You know, exactly. <laughs> and even exactly. and it's the same. You know, then you get through a season, and you right. say, okay, I, I got another season. And I think that's uh that's kind of a cool thing about sports in both lifestyle changes there's there's always another game you know there's always yeah. another game you know and it's just yeah. get the next one get the next one get the next one yeah well it's funny that you just brought a great idea um that, that comes to mind when we talk about how we when we try to help people get into this lifestyle um when i was coaching you i did not have this mindset but um failure brings out success we all know that but I was told my whole life that sports, especially football, but all sports, um, define character, right? They build character, right? You've heard that. How many times have you heard that? Sure, yeah. Football builds character. Baseball builds character. Well, that's false. It doesn't build character. It reveals it. Because your character is defined by what you do outside of practice. You know, what you put in your body, how hard you work out. Are you doing extra workouts? Are you watching film? Are you doing all those other things that nobody's watching because they're not with you? You're doing that on your own. I think if we apply that mentality to people who are trying to change and just recognize the fact that, hey, this diet's going to reveal who you are. You know, it, it's going to show some weaknesses, but that doesn't mean you give up, right? Because all successes have come from failures you know thomas edison for example right not to go off the the charts here again on the rails but how many times did he fail you know and what if you'd given up i think it's the same approach to your diet there's such an unbelievable amazing journey for you if you if you start this just understand that you will get revealed sometimes sometimes negative sometimes positive but i think that's a I think that's a huge talking point when we're talking to people who are really trying to, to switch because I think it, it gives them that sense of, okay, I know I don't have to be perfect, right? You know, almost like those poor kids that have grown up their whole life in gymnastics or, or dancing or whatever that is and the parents are just driving ahead. You gotta, you gotta win, you gotta win, you gotta win. That's a lot of stress, right? This, this lifestyle is the exact opposite. It, it eliminates stress almost right and if you know that hey it's okay to make a mistake just get back on track and and, you know that's where you're going to learn about yourself and i think that's been a positive impact like my first time being vegan i didn't succeed you know but now i'm dialed in and maybe it's the athlete in us but i don't want to give that up but i think that's the message people need to hear if you just stay with it it's okay if you come off the rails Stay with it. Keep the focus long-term about how great you're going to feel and transform your health. I think that's something that's powerful. Beautiful, man. I, I couldn't have uh, picked a better way to end it right there. 
I think that is okay. some, some amazing parting words. Well, man, I, I just want to, but before we, before we wrap up here, I just want to, I want to give you a shout out, man, because, uh, you're, you're on an incredible, incredible journey. And, um, uh, I'm, I'm proud of you as somebody that, that knows you and has always very much respected you. And, um, yeah, man, I just give you, give you a shout out. You seem like you're in a amazing place and it's because all the work you've put in, just like you, you always do when you commit to things and um yeah man kudos to you and i know this will reach uh many and i know you will reach many more people uh, in the years to come so well listen i appreciate you allowing me to come on this uh podcast with you and and i feel the same about you man i mean um when i first recruited you and, and i not to get off topic but what was so amazing to me about you was you get into trouble on the field as a quarterback, but you always found a way to get that ball downfield or scamper uh, for a 40 yard gain when you, when you only needed to, you know, and that's, that's a testament to who you are as well. So I'm proud of you as well. I just, everything that you've accomplished, who you are as a man and as, as, as a player and now what, what you're doing to help so many other people um, transform their lives. I have uh, the same respect for you, my man. Thank you, buddy. You got it, pal.